Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome in, everybody. We are getting hot and heavy in basketball season, and we are getting real thick in the holiday season. Welcome in. Hope you're having a great time here in this December of 2020. That's sort of, well, that's an oxymoron, having a great time in 2020. But nevertheless, Kansas basketball is on a winning streak. We are plowing on here on the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. It is Thursday, December 10th, which means that the holiday season is officially starting because tonight Hanukkah is starting up. So send a holler to your favorite Hebrews here on this Hanukkah. And apart from that, we roll on. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I am Jonas Nordman. Send me a Hanukkah blessing if you so desire. Eight crazy nights, if you will. It was a crazy afternoon at Allen Fieldhouse the other day as Creighton came to town. We'll dig a little bit deeper into that. Uh, This is your number one go-to place for all things Kansas basketball and Kansas athletics. I feel comfortable in saying that now. Um, Whenever you go online and you see people making the points that you've talked about on the show a couple weeks ago, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable in saying This is your go-to stop for Kansas basketball. Uh, On top of that, we're also not going to blow sunshine of Kansas athletics tushes because um, what we're going to talk about today is, of course, the KU-Creighton game, the KU-North Dakota State game. But I also want to get into what happened ticketing-wise with Kansas athletics and what happened when Creighton came to town. Believe in Jayhawks on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Send me a message, as always, either on Twitter or on Instagram at JoeNasty90. Twitter at JonasN. Instagram, JonasN310. Instagram, <laughs> if you send one to JonasN, uh, someone maybe in like Sweden or something will be getting a interesting message about bill self and whatnot big things happening here at believe look we're in the midst of basketball season i totally get it it was a weird off season but as things are getting going here pass the link around to your friends family whatever we've got a good thing going right now as basketball is being played and there's basketball just about every other day looking at the schedule KU plays tomorrow versus Nebraska-Omaha, UN-Omaha, the Mavericks. And Kansas will be taking on Tarleton State on the 13th. So here's the thing. I pride myself, as you may have noticed by now, on knowing the different mascots and the different team nicknames of teams. 
around the country. Campbell University, home of the camels, probably the best one. UC Santa Cruz, banana slugs. List goes on. But Tarleton State, I have no idea. <laughs> They're in Texas, and I only know that because their logo is a big-ass T right there on the state of Texas. So we have a lot to learn about Tarleton State on the 13th. And then that's it. Non-conference season is finished, except for save the Big 12 SEC Challenge when Kansas will be taking on Tennessee in January, at the end of January. So, yeah, get in now before Big 12 play happens. I've done the Big 12 previews. I've set it up. You should know everything about every team that Kansas will be playing from here on out, at least in Big 12 play. It's going to be a crazy season. Big 12 is strong right now. Texas Tech is good. Baylor is the best. West Virginia is gnarly. Texas is playing well. Oklahoma State is making waves with Cade Cunningham, which you would have known if you listened to the Big 12 previews. K-State turns out sucks eggs, as I told you they would. And they they hit a new low the other day. I'm going to get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm definitely going to make sure K-State gets their due justice after what happened the other night against Forte State. But we start on James Naismith Drive. Is that their official address? Allen Fieldhouse, 1651 Naismith Drive. They are in Lawrence, Kansas, where Kansas finally, they let some fans into the building for the game on Tuesday against Creighton. This is not a political show. Well, I have my moments during the protests, uh, during this whole pandemic. Certainly had my moments, but I, I tend to leave the things that smarter people know more about. I, I tend to let them stay in their lane and, and speak on that. So the fact that Kansas had fans in an indoor basketball arena, 2,500, you know, supposed to be wearing masks. They made an announcement over the PA system during the game saying, if you don't wear your mask, we're kicking you out. Get on out of here. So it is what it is. It's clearly a money grab. We know that. Teams and programs, professional teams, are losing money. College programs and athletic departments are hemorrhaging money during this time. So, yeah, of course. We'll start there. I know what's happening here. Trust me. The university and the athletic department I may seem like the biggest homer, and I may seem like the biggest fan, but these schools have not pulled the wool over my eyes. I said this the other day to the person I live with. I said, look, universities are money-making machines cloaked in the guise that they are there to enrich young people's lives. And that goes for athletic departments also. These are money-making machines but it's the amateurs and it's the experience that matters most, right? The amateurism. I'm not a fool. UCLA just signed a mega contract with Nike and Jordan brand. If it wasn't that big of a deal, what logos on the front of your chest, these places would be putting out full Instagram packages when they sign on with clothing companies. So let's get that out of the way first. I know what's truly here going on here, but 
this is what I was told about what happened with the ticket situation and getting people to the game on Tuesday. First, the headlines were 2,500 fans. Creighton had about 500 to 700 fans there in the building being noisy, cheering, and as Bill Self called it in his post-game press conference or his media availability, made it sound like an NCAA tournament game, uh, essentially a neutral site game. That's not what you want when you're playing in Allen Fieldhouse. So what I was told by people who are season ticket holders, you know, and full transparency, I don't live in Lawrence. I don't live in the Kansas City area. So I need to get my sources. I need to understand what's happening from news clips, from the people who are still there, people, my friends who are still there, and those who are still season ticket holders. Supposedly, what they did for season ticket holders, the, those who are truly funding Kansas athletics, say what you want about the wine and cheese crowds and season ticket holders, big-time boosters versus students and the rowdiness and if Allen Fieldhouse is what it used to be. But if they're paying a consistent amount over a yearly basis, that being season ticket holders, they deserve the cream of the crop, the best of the options, what have you. That's their right as paying members of the athletic department. Supposedly, season ticket holders were given one day to decide if they can make that Creighton game. I don't know when that day was. I know it was announced over the weekend. Kansas Athletics and fans and their, and their sales and service team knew certainly when did Kansas play North Dakota State? The weekend before, right? Like Saturday? They knew then that they were going to have fans for the Creighton game. It was circling about. It was announced on the TV broadcast on the Jayhawk Network with Dave Armstrong. I think it was Nick Bahi calling the North Dakota State Bahi. They made the announcement. They said Kansas will have 2,500 fans for the Creighton game on Tuesday. So it had circulated through the athletic department. They knew what was going on. And the fact that they said, okay, season ticket holders, you've got one day to decide if you want to go to this Creighton game. You know, we just announced that we're going to have fans officially. What it smells to me it, is that it was all right, we're going to give the season ticket holders their chance here, their opportunity. But truly what we want is to get these on the open market, these tickets, and let's see if we can make a little extra scratch during these crazy times. Oh, you can't go? You can't decide in, in these 24 hours? Sucks. I guess we're going to have to put it on the open market and make a little extra money on it. So this is a sleazeball scumbag move, I believe on the part of Kansas athletics. I think athletic director Jeff Long should be ashamed of himself. Um, I looked at the staff directory for the sales and service. I don't really know who is in control of these decisions. The best I can tell on the athletic directory under sales and service, the name right at the top is Charlie Arviso. Arviso. If this isn't the right guy to criticize, I apologize, Charlie. But he's right at the top of the line for sales and service. And his title is Associate Athletics Director, Annual Fund, Sales, and Stewardship. Sounds like someone who would make decisions about the, sale, the sales of tickets. I think that's a terrible move. I think they should be ashamed of themselves. And it ended up biting them in the butt. And something tells me those guys got 
a tongue lashing from Bill Self afterwards because he was pissed off. The quotes he had during his media availability saying that he would essentially pay fans back so they wouldn't sell them on the open market. His quote was, if our fans can't come to games, don't sell them that being tickets on the secondary market. Give them to a Jayhawk fan, sell them to a Jayhawk fan, call the ticket office and let us pay you back for them. Hell, I'll pay you back. Which, for a college coach to spend his own money on something like that, it's a big deal. I'll personally pay you back for your tickets if you cannot come and give them to a Kansas fan. I know that looks like he's sort of ripping on the fans and reselling, but trust me, I know how these things go. He is not happy that the opportunity was there for all those Creighton fans to be there. Creighton had about 100 fans. This is coming from a Kansas City, Star, Kansas City Star article online. One Blue Jays fan told the Star he bought his tickets through KU. That's through the Kansas ticket office for $75. These tickets were available. And they said, look, if you want to come to the game, then by all means, and you better believe that news spread like wildfire throughout the Creighton fan community. They had a grouping of fans in the southwest corner of the field house. So Jeff Long, Charlie Arviso, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should do better. You're not going to probably have to worry about it for these next couple games with Nebraska-Omaha. Although maybe Creighton fans are going back home to Omaha, which is a really lovely city, actually. Probably not this time of year. But I like Omaha. They're probably going back to their Maverick fans and saying, KU doesn't care what colors you wear. If you want to go to the game, they're saying, give us money and you can come. So food for thought on that one. If either Jeff or Charlie or whoever is actually in, in charge of the sales and service team wants to come on and speak for themselves, by all means, tell me I'm foolish. But this is coming from someone behind the microphone right now that has worked in a collegiate sales and service team and department. You're not going to pull one over on me, okay? There was actual basketball played, though. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show where we don't take no grief from nobody. Jonas Nordman, Believe Podcast Network. Kansas has, in fact, played uh, two games since we last spoke. And they've gone well. They've, they won. Actually, sorry, they played three games because they played the Washburn game the day of last Thursday. Handled Washburn no problem whatsoever. Then they took on North Dakota State, another, another team that Kansas was heavily favored, handled the – oh, no. No, they didn't. Kansas only won that game by four. <laughs> and then they had a few days to actually rest up, and they played a very good Creighton team, number eight in the country, Creighton, the Blue Jays. And Kansas won that game by one single point. I'm going to start with Washburn as an opportunity – to make fun of K-State real quickly here. So, this year, we know how in, in regular years, Kansas and K-State and these schools in the area like to play the two exhibition games. Kansas rotates the games with Emporia State, Fort Hayes State, Washburn, 
and shoot, I'm forgetting the fourth one. But that's how minimal impact these these schools have on the season and in our mindsets. They're exhibition games. It is a chance for the smaller schools to come in, play at Allen Fieldhouse. A lot of those kids are probably from the area. It's probably their dream to play on James Naismith Court. Yeah, so they get dunked on by future pro players. Big deal, and they lose by 40 points. But it's an amazing opportunity. They know they're going to lose. And generally, there are times when these teams aren't even that great in the scheme of Division II basketball. Like Fort Hayes State, who on the season is 0-3. Washburn, Emporia State, Nebraska Kearney. They lost all of those games. Now, I mentioned that Fort Hayes State is still 0-3. In this weird corona year, Kansas playing Washburn and K-State playing Fort Hayes State with no exhibitions, those are official games for the big programs. But for Washburn and for the Tigers of Fort Hayes, those were still exhibitions. Different story down there in D2. And that being said, the team that's not even that good in their lower tier basketball, Fort Hayes State University, a team that lost to Washburn by two, went to Manhattan, and not only did they beat K-State, Kansas State, they handled them. (laughs) They ended up beating Kansas State by a score of 81 to 68, a 13-point victory for the Tigers, not the Missouri Tigers, not the Clemson Tigers, the Fort Hayes State Tigers, went to Manhattan and obliterated the Wildcats. That is a black eye first for the Big 12, but it is hilarious. If you are in the area, like I said, I do not live in the Kansas City or Lawrence or Johnson County area. I know there's still a lot of K-State folks in that general area. They're not spread out in West Kansas, in the boonies. (laughs) If you see an Emaw, if you see... A purple cat, let them hear it. And if they say something about football, don't let them. When Kansas loses to teams like North Dakota State or they lose to the bad to Coastal Carolina, those are teams that are actually pretty good within like D2 or their lower divisions. Also, Kansas fans have no grand illusions of being good at football. Like we're well aware of how terrible KU football is. Don't let them have it. Make sure they're well aware of what just happened there. <laughs> I mean, that is a that is a that made national news. It's a shock. That was on headlines all over the place. K State loses to D two, Fort Hayes State. Way to go, Tigers! All right, to the Jayhawks. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, basketball program. 
appreciate you listening. We have already made our way through essentially a full program here, ripping on KU Athletics and K-State. I want to quickly touch on the North Dakota State game, although KU should probably just throw that game tape out. I don't want to use the excuse of Kansas was tired because he had played like something like three games in 10 days, something like that. But they did look exhausted. And the, the retort that should be said is, well, Kansas has the depth. They go about 10 deep and all those guys would start for North Dakota State. All valid points. And in the end of the day, it was that depth that won the game for Kansas. McCormack was still bad, although I'll give him his credit for the Creighton game in just a moment. But the guy who stole the show, and finally his first brightest moments as a Jayhawk, was Tyon Grant Foster. The numbers don't look overwhelming. Eight points, eight rebounds, but two sensational blocks for Tyon. But three of six shooting showed off his athleticism, showed off his desire as Kansas ended up going small to win that game. Cruiser for North Dakota State, the big man, was having a solid game. And it was toughness, it was grit, and it was determination for guys like Grant Foster and Jalen Wilson, who's becoming a star right before our eyes. That ended up winning that game for KU. So were they tired? Probably. The shorts were shot. The energy was not there. And we finally had our answer to my question of no fans. Will it be a problem? Yeah. It was that exact situation that I was worried about. A team that KU was clearly overlooking with the matchup against Creighton looming. It was a weird start time. And those are the games when Kansas is lagging as a team. The crowd will make some noise. It'll rev up the players. An alley-oop will come. The crowd goes crazy. The players finally get their legs under them. And it turns into maybe not a 20-point blowout, but Kansas generally wins those games by double figures. Didn't happen. Couldn't put the Bison away. And it ended up being a much too close for comfort victory for the Jayhawks. But they won. Disaster averted. Finally had a few days to rest those knees. And to look to Creighton. And boy, that was a good basketball game. They had about four different parts in it. The Creighton versus Kansas game. About two different instances of really good back and forth quality basketball. And then about two different points of the game. Where it was ragged. Bad basketball. Missed shots. Turnovers. Lazy defense. But it was entertaining. And the final scoreline reflected that. Kansas 73, Creighton 72. This was the first main test for the Blue Jays who hadn't played anyone decent, including Nebraska-Omaha, who Kansas sees tomorrow. And they showed out. Marcus Zagorowski proved why he's one of the best players in the nation. Balak, the, the local kid from Eudora, honestly a little underwhelming. Started off hot, didn't do anything the rest of the game. Finished with six points. Maybe a little hometown pressure. But it was Mahoney. I believe it was Denzel Mahoney, right? Is that his first name? Yeah, Denzel Mahoney. The kid with the glasses. Excellent game. Essentially brought Creighton back into it when it looked like Kansas might run away and hide. Late eight-point lead. And Mahoney essentially 
single-handedly got Creighton back into it and tied the game. So he was excellent. He actually led Creighton in scoring for the game. Him and Zagorowski were, were amazing. And Creighton's really good. Them and, and Villanova are going to have some epic clashes in the Big East this year. For Kansas, the beat goes on for Jalen Wilson. A double-double, 23 points, 10 rebounds. Excellent. David McCormack, a tale of two halves for sure. First half, effective, playing well, playing aggressive, playing tough, not fading away on his shots, as you heard Robbie Humble saying on the broadcast, and he was absolutely correct. Second half, ineffective. More of the same. Did end up playing 28 minutes. Not a lot of that was in the second half. In fact, Mitch Lightfoot sort of got the lion's share of the minutes for a stretch run there in crunch time. Grant Foster didn't really replicate the magic for a North Dakota State game. Bryce Thompson is the one who sort of had the opportunity to step into a bigger role and, and show what he can do. Only eight points, but 17 crucial minutes for Bryce Thompson. Some big shots, including the one huge three-pointer that he hit to tie up the ball game late in the game. And what it looks like is his biggest strength, and we're in the age of analytics in basketball, right? You want a shot either right at the rim or a three-pointer. The mid-range game is dead. Well, it turns out Bryce Thompson's best best shot, excuse me, is both the mid-range, but it's a pull-up mid-range shot. He watched next time you see Bryce Thompson or go back and watch the replay. What he excels at is dribbling up the court, sprinting up the court, and then immediately pulling up right around like the free throw line or so, drifting a bit, yes, on the shot, but he drills those pull-up shots. It's something different. It's something defenses are not accustomed to in today's day and age. And so far, he's been effective at it. Yes, a little undersized, still learning the game. Game is still a little fast for him. But you see the talent for Bryce Thompson. The number 24 does not look good on him, though. I think it's way too bad. The jersey and the, the numbers flopping around on his slight back is not working for Bryce Thompson. <laughs> uh, Dewan Harris, his effectiveness has sort of waned over the last couple of games. Uh, did we not say on this show last week that Dewan Harris and Marcus Garrett on the floor together is two offensive zeros? Teams are noticing. I noticed it. Other teams are seeing it. You saw them sagging off of Marcus Garrett. You saw Creighton daring Dewan Harris to shoot the outside shot. And because of it, off the offense bogged down, and Dewan Harris only played eight minutes versus the Blue Jays. But the story for Kansas is and will be Jalen Wilson for the foreseeable future. And I'll finish with this. If you want to know what makes Jalen Wilson so effective is it his outside shooting? It helps. He hit the game-winning three off, and I will be the first to admit it, a fantastic feed from David McCormack, who was caught up in the lane, spotted the open Wilson, and swung it to the outside. A great pass from the post. Is it Wilson's ability to get in the lane? Yes, 8 of 12 overall. He's one of the few guys who, when he gets at the basket, is not getting blocked. Kansas is getting an inordinate amount of shots getting blocked, at least so it seems. 
But for Jalen Wilson, what it is, and I did not know this about him because he didn't play last year, right? I don't know the kid personally. He played in two games, didn't do anything, broke his foot last season. It is his grit. Jalen Wilson is the reason that Kansas can go to the five-guard lineup and do it effectively because he is not afraid. And this is partly what I love so much about Marcus Garrett defensively. He can play one through four, right? He's not afraid to back down from a physical challenge. But Jalen Wilson is in there banging bodies, seeking bodies on rebounds, and he is fighting for every loose ball and every rebound that goes up on the rim. He and Christian Brown are making the small lineup click because their toughness and determination, which Bill Self must love, makes it that they are able to control the glass and hold their own defensively. Will it work against teams like West Virginia? My guess is probably not, but who knows? With a mindset like that and a will and a determination, and you can see it, the kid cut his hair, and I don't want to sound like Colin Cowherd right now who's like, I don't like how starting quarterbacks wear their hats. You know, he wore a he wore a backwards baseball cap, so um, I don't. That means he's got a bad attitude. He's got a bad attitude. But I do think there's something to Jalen Wilson shaving his head, and you know, getting away from the. I thought Kelly Oubre was more worried about his hair being his brand when he was at Kansas, which is sort of translated to his time in the NBA. But Wilson is in better shape. He's stronger. He's focused. You can see it in his face. And he's been the breakout star of the college basketball season, bar none. All right. Kansas tomorrow on Friday takes on Nebraska-Omaha. By the end of tomorrow, KU should be the kings of the city of Omaha after beating both Creighton and then hopefully UNO. (laughs) If there's a community college or if there's another school in Omaha I'm not familiar with, bring them down. Kansas will face them. After that, it is Tarleton State, which, oh, they're called, they are called the Texans. That's cool. All right. Texans read Jayhawks. It'll be, it'll be pretty tough to face J.J. Watt and, you know, Deshaun Watson. But I think that, I think the Jackson hold their own on the basketball court. We'll see. <laughs> and then it's Big 12 play. So stay tuned here for all things Kansas basketball. Appreciate you tuning in. Don't be afraid to share the program to all your friends and family. If you can't figure out what gift to get everybody, give them the gift of the Believe in Jayhawk show. On that note, I will let you be. I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to await my cease and desist from Kansas Athletics. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy the game versus the Texans. The Tarleton Texans, of course. And then this time next week, I believe the game against Texas Tech is next Thursday. So we will hit the airwaves. Hopefully have nothing too shocking to talk about with the Mavericks game and the Texans game. And we will get ourselves settled for Kansas versus Texas Tech. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. Stay safe. Have a great holiday season. Happy Hanukkah to everyone who swings that way. 
and I'll leave you with a rock job. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.